Uh, made my special sauce, made some catfish uh, po' boy sandwiches mm-hmm. for, for the fam. Yes, sir. It, was, it was lit. Oh, yeah, especially when you feed other people. Oh, yeah, make I, I fed everybody in my household yeah. with the fish that I caught and filleted myself, and it was an awesome. Felt like a man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I felt like I went out, caught this morning, back to the family, and we eaten. All right, right these niggas right. exist. Like, so now, this is when you tell me she's wrong. to the Any Last Words pod. My name is Keon, a.k.a. Almighty the DJ. And I am Earl Lonnie Hooks. A special thanks to everybody joining us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, as well as YouTube. The God in me honors the God in each and every one of you. How are you doing today, Keon? I'm doing well, man. I'm kind of feeling like uh, Ash Ketchum. <laughs> with my bass, bass pro hat. Bass pro. That, <laughs> it, it do got a lot of top to this it. This joint it's got a lot of head on it. Yeah, that uh, is, that but is you know, funny. it it fits the description of my life right now. So I wear it. It's got a humpback whale ass head on it, but it's all good. <laughs> it um, is uh it is summertime. Hell yeah. It's hot out. There. It is it is it is here. We've been waiting on it. We've been asking for it too. Yeah, for sure. It took it took no time. It is like ninety one at at its high today. I think we got a couple of those this, the a uh, couple of those this week. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I felt I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my day. Yesterday, I had a great day. Right. Went out, got a I got I got a manicure. All right. Got a pedicure. All right. They they hooked the feet up. I got like a seventy dollar seventy dollars. Yeah, man. Because they do the I they do. Cause you know they soak them and then they they scrub the tops, they scrub your legs, they scrub the bottom, get the dead skin yeah. off. They they do a, a hot stone that, massage. How does that that cheese grater feel on you? It feels it feels fine. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it always tickles the shit out of me. Like I, like, you, I just, just got to like, get used to it for a second. Yeah, like my nerves just start. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like when it gets at the, at the very bottom yeah, of your foot and they start uh, getting in there. It get it's a little ticklish at first, but I, I get used to it. Yeah, uh, just trying not to kick the lady in her in her face. Right, exactly. But uh, yeah, they do a hot stone massage on your legs and your okay. feet, and they do a little a little wax peel okay. and get more dead skin off. But it was great. I've never uh, I've had many uh, pedicures. Pedicures. I've never had a manicure though before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all great. Manicure, pedicure. Got my haircut yesterday. I was feeling brand nice. new. And really what I want to talk about yesterday is really the only thing I wanted to talk about because you would be proud of me. Okay. <laughs> I've been watching, you know, I've been watching Chopped a little bit. Okay. I brought it up to you a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just blown away by these artists. I'm blown away by these culinary artists and how they get, some of these things are so interesting. They'll get like a, a cut of meat with, with, a, with a donut it, like it's, it's just like a lot of weird yeah, stuff, like celery stalk. Uh, yeah, your <laughs> celery stalk. It's just like a bunch of weird stuff, but in their mind, how they just conceptualize so quickly what needs to be done, and they go and grab their pots and pans and and all these other ingredients to start throwing stuff together. I'm in awe every single time. Like mm-hmm. guys, like you just do this on the fly. And they're just like, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna try to cut down on the bitterness of this by throwing this turmeric ice cream and 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 some of this cinnamon and this 
I, I don't know, this donut and this cut of meat into this blender. And we're just going to, you know, food process this really fast. And I'm going to come over here and get some of this. I was like, and reduce some of this wine down to get the wine taste out. But then this, we're going to use this as a little demi-gloss. And that's going to. Niggas might melt down some gummy bears to create a syrup. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm like, wow. Like, they're really, really good at this. Yeah. And so a lot of times what happens is you watch stuff like that. And you're like, eh. You get less like, like this, like they just throwing whatever together and just they figuring it out on the go. Like it can't be that difficult, mm-hmm. and it is that difficult. <laughs> but what so I I'm not in any shape, way, or form, fashion a culinary expert mm-hmm. or a, a student really at all. But I have been in food and beverage for a long time now, and I've tasted a lot of fine dishes. And being a server of that level, it's you're not allowed to say things like, oh, this is a really good dish. Oh, this is my favorite. Oh, this is a crowd favorite. You said you're not allowed to say You're not allowed to, to the, say. To yeah, the, so when you go patrons? to restaurants, yeah, when you go to restaurants and people say, oh, you know, what's your favorite? Like, what, what do you recommend? And they say, oh, this is really good. Oh, this is, I, like, I love this. I love the way that this tastes. Or, you know, a lot of people love this. We're not allowed to say those things. Why? Because those are opinions. And your opinions don't fucking matter. What matters is the texture, the flavor profile, the plating, where things are grown, the nutritional facts, like facts. Those are things that matter. Can't assume that this this customer might have the same palate as you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's for real, too, because a lot of times somebody might ask me something if something's spicy. I'm a kind of a bad person to gaze that. I love spicy stuff. Uh-huh. So I'll tell you, oh, like, not really. It's not. And then they'll burn somebody's fucking mouth right, off. Right. So it's not about your opinion. So you have to start learning words like crunchy, creamy, mm-hmm. lighty or light, hearty. Okay. I get that because if you start explaining it that way, they yeah. can start to say, "Oh, do I like those things?" Exactly. Exactly. This you. is decadent. This is bitter. This is tart. Right, this right. is sweet. This is savory. Right. You start using those words, you got start you. and you start eating foods. And that's one of the best things about working in food and beverages, you get to eat all the food. Uh-huh. That's the only way you have to know the product that you're selling. What is Do you get a lunch break? Nah. <laughs> no, there's no. I mean, think you you are serving people like you can't go anywhere. You're a waiter, so you gotta wait. <laughs> like, that's the only like, thing. I'm like just, you're waiting on someone. I'm just now thinking about that because you've been working at this place for a minute. Yeah, and not once have we ever discussed something you did on a lunch break. N- nope, ain't no. Yeah, that's there, not there's illegal. no. There's no just walking away. That's not illegal from people. Like just think. Just think about. If you were at a restaurant and you were like, oh, could I, could you call my server over? I'd like some of this. And they're like, oh, they're gone. <laughs> what about, oh, oh, they're, oh, they're eating right now. Like, you just like, well, okay. What about even like at B-dubs? Nah, you, they, what they would let you do is order some stuff, not for free. They don't, they don't give you stuff for free. Like you could get your employee discount and you can maybe eat some stuff in the back. And that's not even necessarily what you're supposed to be doing because it's not, maybe not the most sanitary thing. I've gone to certain restaurants in like an IHOP and I've just kind of been taken aback because of where I work now that you'll see somebody like, a, you'll see 
a, a server eating their food just like at another table somewhere, like in the back, just eating their food, and then they'll get up and come back over to you. Everything good? <laughs> like, man, that's, that's... I mean, that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. like, that's kind of funny. It's like, <laughs> oh, like, are you good? Do you need anything? Are you over <laughs> eating your meal? I'm looking at you. So what do you do at work to eat? Like, do you... Uh, you, 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 you try to pack, you try to pack lunches, bring, bring small snacks so you, you can a bite of a Slim Jim be, and, just go and, out there. and keep, yep, beef jerky is a good one to keep your energy up. Cliff bars are good. <laughs> Bananas, fruit, you know, Ooh. fruits, grains. Oh, th- yeah. Th- things of that nature That's are really hilarious. good. Little, little orange slices, That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, while, while you go out and serve <laughs> these like top notch dishes to people, people getting jumbo crab omelet dishes That's with roasted shit. potatoes and herbs and spices all over them and you in the back just having a rice krispies treat <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like that split screen experience between what the guests experience and what the server is experiencing in the back of the house are two completely different things. It's so funny. But anywho, so I realized that through food and beverage, I have these ideas of what things taste like together and, and how you can do that on a on a upper echelon sort of level. So I'm walking through. The grocery store yesterday, mm. and I'm going grocery shopping, picking up my regular stuff, and I'm just like, I just got inspired. I was like, man, hold on, like I can, I'm gonna do something. <laughs> so I went and I got some some sirloins because I've only done like steak a couple times before. One was the Home Chef, I think. Another time I tried it, no, both of the times was Home Chef. Didn't quite get them right either time, mm. and this one turned out good. It was a little bit still more on the well side, okay. more well than I wanted it to be, but but it was still it was juicy though. It was still there were still juices in there that I was able to uh, get in there, seasoned and juice. Just for some added context and content here, as much as I rave about cooking and how I've gotten better at it, and I send you guys pictures in the chat all the time when I make lamb or steak or something. Nigga, sometimes I still overcook my steaks. Yeah, those so, I saw it, dude it do happens. that on chopped. It happens. He was like, I fuck, I murdered this steak. I could took I took a perfectly good cut of steak and I murdered it. Like, oh, the judges they're gonna kill me for this. It's like sometimes I guess it just happens, you yeah, know. It so happens. it definitely happens. So, so but it was, it was still good. I still seasoned it nicely. I was I wasn't mad at it. Mm-hmm. But it was the side. That I that I was happy about. Okay, I was like, "What do I want to do as a side?" I had some asparagus, but I wanted to do something else because I've done asparagus enough times. Like, what else I want to do? So I was just walking through the aisles, and I just started putting stuff in my head. I I went, I got some some spiced like some red pepper spiced hummus. Got some feta cheese. I didn't exactly know what I was doing. I was kind of putting this stuff together. I was going. I got some some bacon bits. I got some mushrooms. Mm. I got some gr- some bell peppers, like three bell peppers, a, a green one, a, a red one, a yellow one. Brought them back home. I was like, I'm gonna have steak with a with bell peppers. Me and the lady friend, mm-hmm. and I I cut the tops of them off. Hollowed the bell peppers out. Mm, okay. Threw some salt and pepper in there. Turned them upside down because I wanted to learn how to make them crispy. So I had to learn this up a little bit or look this up. Put them. Put them in Google's the. Who's your best friend? Put it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's what, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. So I got you. Got to look something up. Yeah. Put them in the oven. Roasted them a little bit, just enough to to 
you know, get them a little seared, a little crispy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I knew I wanted it cooked, but I didn't want it raw crispy. Mm-hmm. So I cooked it a little bit, took them out. I had made a mixture of the the seasoned hummus with feta cheese in there. I cooked, I like sort of sauteed the mushrooms and olive oil with the bacon bits in there to crisp mm-hmm. up the, the bacon bits. And then I put all those together as like as a sauce, as a filling. Hummus, feta, mushrooms, like portobello mushrooms and the bacon bits. Okay. And I made that into a mixture. And then I took the, the crispy bell peppers out and I filled the bell peppers ah, with okay. that with that mixture. Okay, okay. And then I had the steak. Okay. Sounds awesome. I was happy. Sounds awesome. We're very happy about it. I was I was elated that I just had some stuff in my mind. I was like, I can I think that if I put this together, it will make sense. I'm gonna take a crispy, fresh bell pepper with mm-hmm. its natural juices that's gonna taste good when you bite into it. Mm-hmm. And I don't wanna I don't wanna saute it. I don't know if I want to put butter on it because I don't want it to become mushy. Mm-hmm. I want the crisp of the bell pepper because the hummus, the feta, the mushroom, that's already going to be creamy enough on the inside. And I don't want the bell pepper to sort of mush into that and it all just be some soft consistency. Mm-hmm. There has to be crunchiness there, which is why I tried to get the bacon bits as crunchy as possible to have that inside there, too. And it was fucking amazing. Cut, cut, cut that open. And then eating it along with the steak, mm-hmm. too, fantastic. Sounds awesome. Absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> it was, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. I, you know what? I was I happy. Am, I am it. proud of you. I was happy. Yes. yes. Right. I, I'm actually very proud Cause of you. Because I, I did buy some salmon fillets. But I was like, I'm going to save that for another time. <laughs> uh, today, I'm going to do something else. And I'm going to talk to Keon about it tomorrow. <laughs> um, Actually, I up I upped my cooking game recently as well. Um. I finally caught fish, filleted myself, yes. and cooked it myself. Yes. I finally did that. Um, I don't think I talked about that on here. Did I talk about no, that? No, no, no. Okay. You did. Um, well, yeah. I finally mm-hmm. did it. Um, for a long time, I was having other people fillet my fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a fisherman, you just, you got to get to that point. Yes. You got to fillet your own fish. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. got to. Yeah, you can't be full-fledged if you're not filleting yeah, your fish. So yeah, so I, I, um, I caught a couple... Uh, Caught several catfish, uh, filleted like four of them. The first couple kind of sucked. The second two, <laughs> um, a little better. I right. didn't get a better knife, um, and I'll be there. But I filleted them, uh, made my special sauce, made some catfish uh, po' boy sandwiches mm. for, the, for the fam. Yes, sir. It, was, it was lit. Oh, yeah, especially when you feed other people. Oh, yeah. what it makes I, you feed. I yeah. fed everybody in my household yeah. with the fish that I caught and filleted myself, and it was an awesome Felt day. like a man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I felt like I went out, caught this, brought it back to the family, and we eaten. I felt like the nigga, <laughs> the nigga, definitely. Um, <laughs> I wanted to start. I wanted to. I mean, well, I just wanted to get that out the way. But I wanted to start off with something a little deep. Okay. This 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 spurred this this stirred and spurred from a lot of conversation that we had on the last podcast. On the last episode, mm. one of the questions you had asked me was, "How long does this friendship have? <laughs> like, what, like, where is the clock ticking? What, what is the expiration date on this friendship?" Yeah, and I thought that's an interesting question, and I thought more about it, and it sent me down 
a spiraling of of different thoughts and new new ideas and conceptualizations and more revelations. Mm-hmm. And I have a way better answer now. I'm gonna say the answer, then I'm gonna read a journal, mm-hmm. a journal entry that I wrote, mm-hmm. and then we'll get further into it. All right. So, much better answer is. Well, then the one I gave for anyone that's listening that didn't listen to that, I think it was. Some, I don't even know if I really answered it. It was something along no, the lines of well, I, because I, I thought about you that went afterwards. Back? I well, no, I just I thought about what you said and I thought about it when I was when I left here. I was like, he didn't really answer the question. I'm not going to press him about it, but yeah. I'm going to bring it up again. But good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it was something about me yeah, getting getting in a better space about yeah, being yeah. around people that don't necessarily you went on a little spiel. Have <laughs> the same sort of level of consciousness or uh, whatever. Uh. Yeah. So let's have a better answer. So the better answer is, I think that it would be uh, presumptuous of me to know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Because in this state that I'm in now of more clarity, I don't know who I'm going to be, who you're going to be. Mm -hmm. But I do know that where I am, I'm I'm only focused on holding on to things, sustaining things that that present value and meaning to me Mm -hmm. right now. That is the most important thing is what can I do? that is meaningful to me mm. at any, at every point in time. Right now, this relationship is meaningful. Mm. It, at any point in time, it loses its value due to losing the criteria that I have and maybe you have of what a valuable, meaningful friendship is, mm. then it won't be. Mm. But I will also say that if you have something, as I do with various people, that is valuable, that is rare, that is to be cherished, then I know that I can say as long as it is that, I will do my part to help sustain it. Mm. I, that's a much better answer than I gave last time. Yeah, I don't. I wasn't necessarily expecting. You know, uh, I give it about three years. Yeah, yeah like I'll give it. Yeah, like that's a wild I, way. I wasn't necessarily expecting that, but I figured you know you would think about it and maybe have a good answer mm. um, for it eventually. So, so this is my journal entry, and I'm going to now. I wrote this. Is that a new journal? It is. Yeah, my aunt just bought it for me. I think, what was this for? Oh, I got this for Christmas, and this was my very first journal entry for it. Okay. It's the first time I've journaled in this this year. 5-14-21, May 14th, 2021, 1.09 p.m. Now, I'm going to just take a quick second to define a couple words because I wrote this for myself, and I didn't think I was going to be reading it. So I'm just going to (laughs) explain a couple of words now so I can just move through it inextricable all right unable to be untangled or separated from okay okay <laughs> let's see what else is in here suffusive spread vastly throughout okay. <laughs> all right what else do we have in here lascivious this nigga coming with the words, boy. <laughs> you could say that I'm being 
ostentatiously loquacious with my speaking on here. <laughs> ostentatious is showy, gaudy. Uh, loquacious is wor- <laughs> is wordy. So I mean, ostentatiously loquacious. <laughs> um, lascivious is indecently lustful. Mm-hmm. And I believe I believe that that's really it. Okay, now let's start. Yet another wave of consciousness inextricable from the understanding that another cord to an unreasonable mold has been untethered. These relationships haven't truly existed in this fantastical sense since they've begun. In carving one's own pathway, the findings are numerous as well as similarly suffusive we must sacrifice for ourselves i have discovered what means most to me and i must fight for it lest i live my remaining days only ever having a morsel of what could have been Mm. who i could have become how rooted i could have become how intentional I could have become. I judge no others for not sharing my vigor in this regard. For them all, love still remains. Distance is inevitable, for it is not my choice. The two cannot grow simultaneously. I vow never to fall prey to all the unconscious, lascivious pools that has played the role of puppet master for far too long. I vow to stand firm in my rank in the name of truth. I vow to push forthrightly in my aim for too much time has been jettisoned already. I should have said that one. Jettisoned is discarded, thrown to the wayside. I vow to continue to find the scattered gems of gratitude in this short but robust life of mine. I vow to never bring my eyes to shut and slip away whilst I still draw breath. That is the conclusion of... Now, first and foremost... I don't promise things often Mm -hmm. because promise to me is a very important thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think your word matters. It truly, truly matters. I, I think I I spoke to you about this before. If not, I'm going to do it really fast now in this beyond order book. I thought it was very interesting that Jordan Peterson was surveying his his granddaughter mm-hmm. and he was just he was just very intently watching her as she gets older as you probably would as a clinical psychologist watching a young one grow older you want to know all the little ins and outs of what it is they're doing and he talks about the power of the index finger that a baby realizes and that as, is hilarious because I have something to say about that at some point, 
the baby figures out if it's interested in something, it can point to that thing. And then and then somehow there is a correlation between its interest, it pointing at something and whatever adults being around also finding interest in that thing. Mm -hmm. And then they realize how magic it is, because if it points at stuff, it could be brought to them. And that's magic. It's like, wow, if I point at this thing, there's a good chance I can have someone go over, pick it up and have it brought to me. Mm -hmm. This is this thing is magic. Mm. Now, what also starts to happen through maturation for that baby is you realize you only have but so many of those points, those trying to bring attention to something in you before it runs out. Every time you point at something your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, your grandpa, they're not going to go get the thing. Mm -hmm. So you have to be a little bit more discerning about how many times you're going to try to point at something and call attention to something. Right. And then he goes on to talk about, which made all the sense in the world to me, and I think this is where I sent you an excerpt of, is people's words. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I'm certain that people listen to this think that I'm constantly talking when I'm in regular life. I'm not. I At this point in my life, I couldn't be more reserved. I listen much more than I speak in social situations. And there's certain people that I'm around that, I, I mean, I had to have been something like them, except maybe just a lot of things I was saying had a little bit more substance to it. But I've seen so many people that just jabber, just, just talk. And they're not saying anything, but they just love to talk. Mm -hmm. And they slowly, if they're being perceptive enough, are losing the value of those words, those points, those trying to bring attention to it's like something. the guy at the, uh, the fi when I went fishing that one time, the guy at the pier that just wouldn't stop talking. They just kept talking. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It just got to a point where I'm just like, like all these words are entering my brain but i i'm not even ca calculating things anymore because right like it like i'm just over it now you know there's the, yeah again there's, there's really no sort of exclusivity to your words you're just willing to just jaw at the mouth yeah. at, about whatever anything so <laughs> when when somebody doesn't really speak so much but then they open their mouth to say something for real everybody's like oh wait hold on stop like like they're talking Mm -hmm. We we gotta hear, we don't get this often. Mm -hmm. Like we we need to hear what it is they're talking mm -hmm. about. So for me, becoming a more and more intentional person, it matters the things that come out of my mouth, right? And I'm not going to promise anything ever, or really say anything without thought being put into it. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't, I don't know if I've ever promised anything to myself. Mm -hmm. This is the first time that I've really promised something to myself in such a way. So when I say things like, I've discovered what means most to me in life and I have to fight for it, lest I live my remaining days only ever having a morsel of what could have been. Mm -hmm. This, this, consciousness that that you you speak of in regards to me and that you feel like there's there's more outside of it that I need to be privy to and understand <clears throat> so my small but significant rebuttal to that is there isn't mm -hmm. 
all we have as conscious beings are consciousness and then its contents. Everything that you could possibly fathom of experiencing is within the confines of consciousness. Now, you could say us having conversations about the expansion of consciousness is only one thing inside consciousness, but consciousness itself is everything to us. So it's not so much that I don't I can't hang out with people that don't want to have the conversations about consciousness, Mm -hmm. but it's when you don't care to expand what that is, expand your your capabilities of experience of a human being, which to me is the most cherished thing. It's it's the most it's the most precious thing because it's really all we have. And I understand that if that grows, everything inside of it grows. My experience with everything else, it comes to light more. Right. So that's sort of what where the distance comes. Why I said that both can't grow simultaneously, that distance is is inevitable, because if my experience with everyday things are growing and I feel like I'm growing more connected to life in and of itself. And then there are people that don't care about it. That's fine. But the way that we move through this world is going to be completely different. And that's just the game. Right. That's just the way it's going to be. Right. When I'm with people, I just want to be with them. I want to give them my attention and my love, my care, all that sort of stuff. And, and so if you're not necessarily worried about consciousness, we don't have to have that conversation. But there's a much greater chance that you're not willing to give your the bit of yourself that I'm willing to give you, meaning really just your presence, adding up to your presence and your time and effort towards me being here. Mm-hmm. And I could easily find that as inconsiderate or distasteful Mm -hmm. or that it's not really worth my time. It's not worth what I'm giving in no other place on this planet. Would you, would anyone say, if you hand me that water bottle, I'll give you a, a, a gold brick. Like no, nowhere else is that exchange Mm -hmm. seen as normal or acceptable. But it's but to me, I'm looking at it the exact same way. Sometimes I feel like people are just giving me some shillings, some some coins, mm-hmm. and I'm giving them the wealth of all of my presence and attention at the moment and, and, and wanting to speak about meaningful things in that person's life or in my life. And if you just want to talk about all the time, whatever celebrities that you follow, whatever they're going through. That's just not going to connect. It's not meaningful to me. And since I found what means something to me, which is presence in meaning, mm-hmm. I, I that is just going to cause a fissure. That's going to cause a chasm in our relationship. That's I think it's that's inevitable. Drake had a bar once. Um, it was I don't remember what song it was. I don't remember exactly what it was word for word. But basically what he was saying is like, you know, People want him to give like a verse for a verse. However, that's that's not that's not equal. To me. I rem- oh man, I yeah, I forget the. I remember was, the bar. I remember the but bar. He was like a verse for a verse. Yeah, and, like that's yeah. not even fair. Yeah, yeah, that's not you know fair. Yeah, that's not. Fair. 
like, bro, no, you, I, I get that. Like, you at, bro, you stop it. Stop. I'm Drake. You're you. Right. You have to do a lot more. You got to, you, you got to give me, first of all, I might not even want your verse. <laughs> That's first and foremost. And you're going to have to pay me a lot of money. Yeah. Like, there's got to be more, like, yeah, nah. There's got to be way more compensation. Yeah, on yeah. your on your side for that. Yeah, and I so t- that's, I totally get that. Yeah, so that's what I feel about it. And in going even further into it, this is where more of the revelation came for me. Is in understanding into coming into understanding what a beautiful, fruitful, healthy, supportive relationship is. Mm-hmm. It sheds a lot of light, and you could say darkness, on what you have settled for in the past. And so that's why I say in there, you know, these relationships haven't really existed in this fantastical sense since they've begun. I look back on a lot of relationships that I've had and that I still have, and there's 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 nothing really substantial about it Mm. and maybe you've felt this with with Antoinette but you have these conversations that that propagate health and wealth and growth and you feel like maybe you can talk about anything with this person Mm. and that person's going to give you the time the patience to understand what it is you're talking about doesn't mean they have to agree with every point or they have to get it at a moment's notice, but they're at least going to give you the time to try to understand what it is you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's not most relationships. Right. And when you realize when you finally get that sort of relationship and you realize that's even an option in this world, it makes you start looking at the rest like, well, what are we doing over here? Mm hmm. Which is one why I sent you that text message from another friend that said, y'all keep working. I love what you got going on. Had a dream about the success. Love you. Mm -hmm. I had another conversation with another friend. He called me the other day to talk about some some insecurities he's going through, some bad habits he's trying to break out of when it comes to relationships and things that he's valuing in relationships that he shouldn't be. That's holding him back from having fruitful relationships with women. And we had a great like hour long conversation and and I'm not going as far as to say that this needs to be every conversation, but it's nice to know that these people feel comfortable saying these things and that this sort of interaction can happen. Mm -hmm. And so when I find myself in, quote unquote, friendships with people where we can't get to that level. I'm like, there, where is the meaning here? We could we could just as easily do what we do, but with other people. There's there's nothing we can easily just talk about sports or shoot the shit about what's going on on Twitter or whatever's going on with whatever celebrity you want to talk about or whatever album just came out. Like those things are cool, but we can do those things with anybody. Right. Like where's the where's the meaning in this? And just, and I've becoming a lot more aware of that the void, the feeling of that that pocket of inspiration, creativity, and connectivity being devoid from relationships. I'm becoming a lot more sensitive to it. It really just, it seems like you value life and the things in it, maybe just a little more or just in a different way than most people do. I feel like a lot of people kind of just roam around. They walk, they walk this earth, you know, 
Nobody knows when your last day is going to be, but no, not everybody's quite taking advantage of the time mm-hmm. that they have. Um, even myself, um, I don't quite take advantage of all of the time that I have here. But I think that you, you just, you see things differently. You see things very differently. Um, and I don't always, I don't know. I, even I being here with you doing this every week, yeah. knowing you for as long as you, as I have, I don't always see things the way that you see them. Yeah. So it's good that we come back and have these conversations about things we've talked about previously, mm-hmm. because it helps me as a human being to kind of understand a lot of, it helps me understand you more, but it also helps just me understand certain things about life more mm-hmm. because I don't think the way that you do. Mm. Um, I think this podcast has helped us tremendously. Yeah. Um, at least not as often as you do. Um, I don't, I don't think that way. So, you know, a lot of times I'll go home and I'll think about some of the stuff that we've spoken of, you know, that we've spoke about on this podcast and I'll I'll ponder and I'm just like, you know, what did he mean by that? Mm -hmm. You know, what did like, you know, was it like, was he trying to play me when he said that? Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, what is, you know, what, what, you know, what's going on here? Yeah. And that's just me because right. I overthink about everything. Right, right, right. I, I think too much about everything, mm-hmm. which is which real which tends to work up the anxieties right. and, and shit. And then you gotta that, go through the breathing exercises, yeah, calm it back yeah, down. Yep, yeah. yep. I overthink about everything. Um so I do appreciate when we can we can jump back on something mm-hmm. and and have another conversation again because it also gives you, I feel like, time to think about what you said mm-hmm. and even come back into it and just kind of say it again mm-hmm. in a way that more people can kind of get what you're saying. Yes, you know what I'm saying. That, that's that's really one of what I wanted to do here today because if we had recorded. Two days after we recorded last time, uh-huh. this would have sounded completely different uh-huh. <laughs> because and, and I'll tell you, because when I'm when I'm talking about relationships, I'm talking I'm thinking about all of them. Last name hooks too. Uh-huh. I'm talking about the family and how honestly we got we either got to do better or we don't. But at this point, I'm losing care for things that are not begetting meaning to me. Dog, I don't know why this keeps happening. Mm. This happens every podcast. Yeah. Because I'm about to talk about relationships with family after this. Mm. <laughs> like, it's in every single pod. Yeah. Every, just our, <laughs> our topics just connect in hey. a weird-ass way. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 getting really, it's getting really deep because... You're, you're told family is important yeah. and that you should be holding on to these things. Mm-hmm. But when I but when I've now come across what means most to me, mm-hmm. which is being intentional and finding meaning and sharing that strong connectivity with people around me. And then I go to my family and they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. They don't want to give the time and space and patience to try to understand all these words and these these ways of thinking. And so what am I to what am I to do with that? What am I that that to me seems like you don't care enough to know what's going on with my being to sit and listen and ask questions and or there's just way too much 
way too much hurt, way too much pride involved in opening up certain doors. And I could just fathom in my mind me trying to have certain conversations for holidays or get togethers in general. And someone saying, no, we're not we're not we're not going to do that. We're not going to go down that route because we're not going to ruin this moment. Like we we got to we got to take every moment we have and just enjoy the moments. My idea with that is the it's already ruined. It's already tainted just because we're not talking about it doesn't mean that it's not there. Now you just have people in these separate corners of the house or in their mind thinking, yeah, yeah, whatever you bitch ass nigga. Like you go ahead and talk that if you go ahead and talk that talk if you want to, but like we, we got, we got stuff we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. We got stuff that's keeping us from being as strong as we want, as we would like to be. Mm -hmm. And so you end up in a house full of, I don't, in a sense, strangers. Mm -hmm. And, and I say strangers because I've come across something that's very interesting, and this came from our conversation. I said a lot at a point in time in the last conversation about my growth mm -hmm. and what's happening with me and how I'm trying to conceptualize it with the way that people are confronting me, the way that people are engaging with me, and how I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the way that the world is interacting with me. And you took what you took from it, mm -hmm. which was, so are you saying that you are looking for compliments that you feel like you're deserving of? And I said, I went back and I listened to it a couple of times and I probably spoke for a good 15 to 20 minutes about this growth. And then you said that. And I thought, how did he get that bit? from this long monologue that I had. And it made me think, well, why would I want those things? And then, and then the word deserving came around. And then I thought of various times you have called me arrogant on this, on this podcast, on this platform. And I thought, how many times are we going to hit a roadblock in me trying to explain something because he's viewing me as an arrogant person, so he can't take the information as the raw data that it is at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I and then I was having conversations with some people in my family, and the way that they were talking to me was it it brought up another red flag. It rung a bell, mm -hmm. and I thought, "Wow, I think." That the longer a lot of people, not everyone, certain people pay certain attention, have certain eyes. But I think a lot of the times, the longer people know you, if you're if you're going through transformations and you're growing. Now, a lot of people don't. But if you are, they know you less than new people getting to know you. That's I can. Yeah, okay. because their mind has been too shackled into who they've known you to be for so long. Mm -hmm. And then you're meeting new people and they're just meeting you for what you are mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about the way that people speak to me that have known me from the past and people that speak to me now, in the way that they engage with me and what it is they're able to see in me that people that have known me for years can't see, it just, it, it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, it's not it's not completely of their fault 
because we because our brains as humans have to they have to hold on to some sort and sustain some sort of normalcy mm-hmm. so that they can w- continue to walk through this world and everything isn't in complete dissonance and disarray all the time. Right. We have to be able to compartmentalize and be like, okay, you're this, you're that. I've talked about this when it comes to artists before, whether it's been Kanye West, John Mayer, um, Ray Charles. These are all people that continue to do different things in music as they went on. And a lot of times people want to be like, no, 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 don't do like you do this. You don't do this sort of music. You you stay this person. <laughs> we want we want late registration Kanye for the rest of our lives. Right. This is what we want. Whoa, what are you talking about? 808s and heartbreak. Whoa, you're singing auto-tune. What are, what are you doing? What's all this other stuff? Yeezus, what's all these sounds and all this distortion? Why are you, be, oh, gospel quiet. Well, even though he was doing that early on. But like, why are you getting on all this stuff? John Mayer went through. A lot of artists go through this. Mm-hmm. And it's because people have a hard time growing with someone Mm -hmm. they just want people to be what they were when they met them and stay that it just makes things easier for people Mm -hmm. i so i don't fault people for being around me and not being able to keep up with who i am Mm -hmm. especially though when we don't have the talks Mm -hmm. about who we are as people and what it is we find important and what it is we're venturing out to become if you are venturing out to become anyone Mm -hmm. And so that's why I say you can end up in a house full of strangers Mm -hmm. because people are going through stuff. People are changing. They're going through metamorphosis, but no one's really talking about it. So you're just treating them like the person you treated last Christmas Mm -hmm. and the Christmas before that. Like, oh, you're still this person. It's like, nah, you don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting sort of paradox because you would think that you know that person better than anyone. That's true. I've thought about this for several days now. Um, and I first thing I did was I was like, you know what, Keon, you tend to throw words around a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't even you don't quite know their full meaning. Mm-hmm. So I was like, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look up the word arrogance. Understood. And I did that. OK. Um. What comes up is an offensive display of superiority or self-importance and or overbearing pride. Yes. And the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, does Earl have a bit of a, a bit, a bit of a superiority complex? Does he feel like he's evolved to a different place where people are not at? Does he feel like he, I'm not saying that he feels as if he's better than anyone, but maybe the way his brain functions, he just sees that there are a lot of people out here that aren't thinking this way. And if they did think this way, it would put them in a better place too. Um, or it would help them out in very, it could help them out in various different ways. Well, I, I do think that it is important to be able to know if someone is better at something than someone else. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, and, and I don't, and I, I don't think that, Su- See, so superiority sort of has a negative connotation towards it, but I, I don't think it has to. Yeah. Like someone can be superior to you mm-hmm. in something, and we all are. Mm-hmm. They're, you're superior to me in fishing. Mm-hmm. Like there there's just certain things that we are superior to than other people because we have taken the time out to be so. Mm-hmm. And so I can be that in mm-hmm. certain things and then be completely shit and people be way better than me in mm-hmm. other ways, but I don't. And just even me saying that, takes all the strength out of this arrogance claim. Mm-hmm. Well, 
when I the, the the thing that stood out to me most was the offensive part. Okay, and I was just like, even though Earl does say on here that, oh man, this this might sound arrogant to some people. I've never taken anything that you've said as offensive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because when I, as many times as I've sat here and I've listened to you speak um, about yourself or about anything, nothing comes quite off as nothing comes off as offensive. I think it's more so that I just don't quite understand yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's why I was saying just a second ago. I, I'm glad that we can come back to previous conversations yeah, yeah. and continue to talk about these things yeah, that because is important. they definitely help me to understand you more. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't you don't quite get it the first time around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You say that shit on here. Half the shit on the, that we say on this pod, I don't even remember the next day. Right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a lot of content. Yeah. You know. So when <laughs> someone I, asked me the other day, "Do you know what your favorite episode is?" I'm like, "Yo, I, no. nah, <laughs> no. I, no, I." Not I really. I can't. I, don't <laughs> I know, know some of the favorite things we've talked about before, but I can't even pinpoint it. Yeah, episode. nah. Not a we, full nah, episode. this is episode 61, <laughs> and all of these are between hour, two hour, 30 minutes long. Yeah. No, I, I, that's just a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then I, look, I looked at the part of, of self importance, and I'm just like, well, you got to be kind of an idiot to look at someone and be like, oh, you just think you think you're so important. Nigga, as a person, you should think of yourself as very important. You should think of yourself as being important. You should think of yourself as being important to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's there's just there's just balance with all of these yeah, things. There there's is. balance with superiority. Yeah, in understanding is. where your superiority comes from. Yeah, there's balance in self importance. Yeah. So I know that my actions and the way that I think about things have an effect on not only myself, but the people around me. Uh And so in that sense, that is important to me. Why? Uh Because I care about the human experience. So if I care about the human experience, I have to care about what it is I'm doing Mm -hmm. because that's the only thing I have control over. So there is importance there. Now, I also don't think that the fucking sun sets and falls on my ass. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, that's just not the way it is. I'm not, Again, this sort of egocentrism that I feel like I'm correlating with this. I'm I don't see myself as the center. I see myself as one link to this entire web of of well, I believe that we're all just one big living organism in one in one sense mm-hmm. in, in some sense. So I just think that I'm playing my important role in this very larger thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there there is a there is a sense of importance, but I think that we're all important for that reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, when I when I looked at this definition, I was it, it definitely helped me get together the words that I wanted to say today about this um, because I didn't I didn't I didn't I, I don't like coming on here being loud and wrong. You know what I'm yeah, <laughs> oh, those are oh no, <laughs> loud and wrong sounds terrible together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I either bet. be loud and right or yeah, nah, don't do that. Yeah, I don't. Last thing I want to do on here is that, that's why I had to come back and do the whole thing about the cherry blossoms. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to be on here just sounding loud and wrong, <laughs> and I'm not gonna sit here and be like, 
you know, like I throw, I throw words around. I throw mm. words around loosely uh, sometimes. Um, and this is just one of those instances yeah. um, where I had to sit back and I was like, all right, well, let me look up the true meaning of this and mm. let me decide whether that fits Earl or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I, I think that if we were to ask people recently uh, that have been presented in my life, I, I don't think at all that there is that there would be any question that the poise I have, the demeanor, the way that with the stature doesn't reek of confidence mm-hmm. that I'm I'm not. I'm not afraid of going anywhere, looking in anyone's eyes, having any conversation, but that's just a security that I've just worked extremely hard to get. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't been a thing for a very long time. I was telling someone the other day about uh, insecurities that I had and how they manifested themselves. One of them was, and this is going to sound crazy. So, you know, Jason Bateman, you do know Ozark. Yeah. 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 Right. I love him. Like everything that he does, I I watch. Like he's, I think he's good in everything that he does. He is. The outsider. The outsider. Yes, exactly. He is an actor director. Now, for most actors, you just have to worry about going, hitting your marks on, on the scene, saying your lines conveying it in a believable way. I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into that, but you have to be thinking about those things. The director is looking at the larger picture behind the camera. Jason Bateman has talked about being a, an actor director, how he is acting and at the same time in his mind, directing himself. Mm-hmm. He's looking at himself from the director's chair behind the camera and thinking about what it looks like from a different perspective as he's acting. That's a lot of work. I've done that for so long in my life, being so there was there was a self-conscious that was a self-consciousness that was derived from heavy insecurity growing up. Mm-hmm. That when I was just out and about talking to people, just living life. And I knew other people around in my mind, I would always be thinking about what I look like from this perspective as I'm acting, because I'm clearly acting because I'm not myself yet. I'm putting on whatever role it is people think I am, which is probably dumb, funny guy. So I'm doing I'm ladies, man, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever era you caught me in. That's what <laughs> that's what I'm doing. So I'm playing this role. And at the same time, looking at myself like I know that these people are are behind me at five o'clock. What what do I look like to them right now? How am I standing and what does that look like to them? Oh, I should probably I should probably stand up straight. It would probably look better from that angle. Or oh, I'd probably, oh, what are these people from nine o'clock looking at me? Like, how does my profile look? I should probably hold my head up a little like that would probably like a quarter. Like a like a like, <laughs> like a like a George Washington head on a quarter. Like like that's what my profile should look like if they're looking at me from over there. That's what I should that's what I should do while I'm having conversation with someone or whatever. And so that self-consciousness came from extreme insecurity. Mm. But then just through time when I was able to heal, now I just kind of have an idea of what I'm looking like, but it's no longer just nestled in hurt and pain and turmoil. Right. <laughs> But I yeah, so I, I just you know self self awareness 
inter- interesting thing, but I'm glad we were able to come back and, and have all this sort of conversation. Yeah, man, it's just, you know. I think you, people are going to start seeing and hearing a lot less of me. And and what, it's going to be interesting. Here? No, yeah. just oh. people in my life. Okay. It, yeah, it's 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 going to be it's going to be interesting. And I, right now I'm sort of I'm sort of, you know, making cuts. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm sort of making cuts. It's it's yeah, it's just oh, shit. it's sort of like that, man. It's sort of like that because I can't me saying I'm sorry. I, I, this is how I'm going to finish this this segment. But me saying it this last line, I vow to never bring my eyes to shut and slip away whilst whilst I draw breath. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't I can't revert back. Mm-hmm. I cannot take any. I cannot backstep. I cannot backslide into anything that I was doing before. Okay. And a lot of that is I'm 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 drug alcohol free now. By the way, I'm, yeah, that's done. I just I I I can't I can't do it. In my new answer, because I go through this in my mind, Earl. Why can't you do it? Why Why won't you do those things? It's because I found what means most to me in life and that takes me away from it. That's the that's the easiest, simplest way I can answer that. I like it. And, and I don't see how anybody can really. I like it. Yeah. Exa- after that, after that, peer that. pressure should stop. You can't hate on that. Yeah. You can't hate on that at all. So that's so that's what that is. <clears throat> Age 30. Let's mark it. That's that's when I made the decision. Trinity. I said it right. <laughs> 30. 30. Okay. <laughs> um, so you were just talking about family relationships. Um, and you know, growing up, you you hold those near and dear because that is your core. Those are your people. Those are the people that are raising you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. But what I've been thinking about a lot is how that changes as you get older, as you become smarter hopefully yeah um and you start to see things for what they truly are or what they truly were mm. Mm. um mm. so i have i have a person really close to me um that has gotten a little sick over the last year or so and the last 5 or 6 months I haven't spoken to this person. Uh, I haven't visited this person. And deep in my heart, I feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. I feel really bad about that. It bothers me often right. that I don't go to see this person. But then I, I started to think, well, why? Why don't you go and check on this person? Why don't you go see this person? Or even give them a fucking phone call. That's easy, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be. Right. Uh, I just, it's, I don't know. I, I, it's almost like I, like I told you, like my heart's got to be in it. My heart's not there. Mm. And I feel like it should be. And that bothers the fuck out of me. It bothers me a lot. Um, but when I start to dwell on why don't you feel this way, Keon? Right. I think about my past. I think about me growing up, um, around this person. I think about as an adult, I now see the bigger what the bigger picture was back then. Mm. I now start to under I understand how I was wronged. Mm. Um, you know, like what what ne- did this neglected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I was wronged, how I was maybe neglected. Uh um you know what 
did, what values did this person instill in me? Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything. Yeah. I can't think of one good thing this person did for me um, other than teach me how to not be like them. And that wasn't even through a bunch of lucrative speeches and, and, and conversations. It was through me growing up and watching this person's actions mm-hmm. and understanding that I don't want to be like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But at the, like I said, at the same time, I'm battling these these inner emotions like, yo, this person is sick. Like, you're supposed to go see this. You're supposed to go check on your peoples. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to go check on your peoples. Like, that's what you're supposed to you're do. So, yeah, that's what you're supposed. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But for the for the life of me, I just cannot find any reasoning in my, in, or any reasoning or any urgency mm-hmm. in my heart to go do that. Because mm-hmm. it's not it's not like I didn't care because clearly I'm thinking about this person all the time. Yeah, I'm thinking about this person, but I just I could not find it in me to just go go over and, and, and visit this person. And then I got to a point um, like three days ago, I made the phone call. OK, I made the phone call um, and I thought about you. And I thought about some conversations we had about forgiveness. Mm. And I'm just like, well, look, look, <laughs> look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. All right. <laughs> a, couple of, a couple of things mm-hmm. can happen here. Okay. <laughs> you can forgive this person, give them that phone call and or go visit them. And it's probably going to be a good thing. You're going to feel good about that. You know what I'm saying? Um, you're going to feel good about that. And you won't feel bad if, God forbid, a year or two from now, they went to see the Lord. Mm-hmm. You they went to see the Lord. Yeah. The you're upper not, room. The upper room. <laughs> you're not. I'm. If if I make the effort to, to forgive this person and just... You know, you ain't gotta you ain't gotta be over there for six hours. Just go yeah. say, hey, how you doing? Are you okay? How are things going? How you feeling better? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh if you if you take the time to to forgive that, to to forgive these people, and I'm saying this because I feel like I know somebody <laughs> yes. listening to this has felt like this before. Many people has, you know, we've 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 felt this way before. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be due to someone being sick. You know what I'm saying? It right. could just be, it could be due to anything. Right. So I'm just like, all right, Keon, like you haven't spoken to this person in five or six months now, like a year from now, you're still going to be fighting this shit inside of you, these emotions inside of you. But it's like, well, a year from now, what the fuck do I look like walking up into this person's space at mm-hmm. this point? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's really now or never, you know, mm. I'm glad that I took several months to get my mind right and figure out that this is what I want to do. So you don't subscribe to better late than never. Depends on the situation. Mm. Depends on the situation. Cause better late could be too late. It, in it, this well, case. Well, well, it, it, I mean, yeah, well, well then, well then it's not even late. That's never, that is never. Yeah. That, yeah. That's never. <laughs> um, I guess the the bit of that small bit 
inside me that holds this person dear to my heart that says at the end of the day, this person is your family. Mm. And due to the fact that this person knows how they've wronged me Mm. and we've spoken about it before Mm. due to that fact, something inside me said, all right, Keon, today's the day we're going to give this person a call. Right. And we're just, we're going to check on them. We just going to say, what's up? See how, see how everything's going. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like mayor and how I was saying the other day, how like, you know, the drug addict mom is, has yet to come out and be like, Hey mayor, I know we've been through a lot together. I'm trying to get myself better. I apologize for all the things that I've done to you. Um, I want to be in my son's life a bit more. You know what I'm saying? If you can consciously bring those thoughts together and and take it to the person that you've been wronged or that you wronged, um, that person may be able to one day find the space where they can come back to you mm-hmm. and just kind of want to just, just move on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I found that. Mm-hmm. And- it, it feels great. When I made that phone call, I just felt like there was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Okay. Um, and that's that's the point of this whole con- of this whole segment is yeah. get that shit off. Yes. <laughs> get it off. Mm-hmm. Like if it's not gonna kill you, <laughs> get it <laughs> off. Just just get it off. <laughs> I. I, I had a conversation with this person and we spoke about the fact that I haven't talked to this person in six months, even mm. though they're not in the best place in their lives. Mm. And when we spoke about it. Oh yeah. That was, they, that was one of them conversations. They weren't, they weren't upset with me. Yeah. Um, They weren't upset with me. They completely understood, you know, why I am the way that I am, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Um, you know, because like I said, this person knows that they've done me wrong in many ways. Um, and you know, I don't know. It's just, just reassuring. Feels good. Yeah. No, that, that is, that feels is good. That is good to get you, get that off of you. Yeah. It feels good. Cause like we talked about on the last pod, I don't want to be that guy that's harboring a bunch of hate in my heart. That shit sucks. It does. It sucks and it's, it can consume you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to consume me. Yeah. And then while it's consuming me and I'm not talking to this person, then I have to feel this guilt of not talking to this person because they're not here no more. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, get over it. Y- yeah. Get over it. Yeah, pretty much. You have to understand. I love the song Bigger Than Me by Big Sean on his I Decided album. It's mm-hmm. a good song to listen to. But- yeah, once you realize that, and this is also going against the, the arrogance claim as well, <laughs> when you just realize that you're you're not the center of shit, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it's just much bigger than you. You just have to think about your, your pull in this world. Mm-hmm. You have to think about what your, what your burden is, your responsibility Mm-hmm. for your actions mm-hmm. and and what that influence is and how it can easily impress upon other people's existence it's just it's just bigger than you yeah and one of the last things this person said to me before we got off the phone is he was like you know like i said i told he told we talked about us not talking um and we talked about why we we don't 
talk or why we don't have the connection that I, we both feel like we should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but all he all, all he left me with is is you know call call when you feel like it. Mm. Um, I do enjoy hearing from you. Mm. Those are those are that was a good way to put so, it. That's a good way to end it. Like yeah. when that whenever. That's sort of like what I said on the last pod when that woman was having a hard time giving me the compliment she wanted to. When mm-hmm. I said, listen, this is clearly hard for you. Just what, if you ever feel like it, you can come back to me and say what it is you need to. Mm-hmm. But I'll just know that I already appreciate where your heart is. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the I think that's the best way to go about it. I think yeah. it's I think it's that's yeah. really awesome. That's and pretty profound. I've only talked about this with one person. Um, obviously, it wasn't you. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've only talked about this with one person, and um, and they they agreed with me. They were like, you know, you can't you can't rush that type of shit. Like you can't rush it. You can't mm-hmm. just do it because 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 they're really close to you mm-hmm. or they're part of your family. You can't just you can't just do it. You have to, that obligation has to come from the heart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this is the way you feel, but don't feel bad about it. Stand on that shit. Stand on that ground. This is the way you feel. These are your emotions. Yeah. Process it Mm -hmm. and then make a decision after that. Yeah. Took me six months to process it. (laughs) But I'm here now and I feel a hell of a lot better. Yeah. I think... I was talking to someone the other day, as I do, about one thing was was love languages, and someone was saying, "Yeah, you know, the the like this couple, they give a lot of gifts back to each other. I guess like gift receiving is a, is a huge thing." Mm-hmm. And I said, "You know, what's really interesting about that is the way that people conceptualize what a gift is, and so gift receiving and." the love language terminology is talking about materialistic symbolistic items given to someone Now you can hold this. This is tangible, mm. but there are so many beautiful gifts that can be given that are intangible. Mm. And so one, I thought that that was very interesting going a little bit deeper kind of in this idea is, conceptualizing or re-engineering the conceptualization of gifts like talents. I think that it's very, I, I thought of a talent that I had the other day. And I, then as soon as I thought, man, that's really cool that I have that. I was extremely sad by thinking about, all the people that I know that don't have that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's come from listening to a lot of the J. Cole album, the way that he puts himself out there, and then what we do here on this podcast and the way that people react to I it. I did listen to that song. Awesome. And the way that people react to it. <clears throat> Sharing yourself. Having the gumption well, you like to say the audacity. Uh, the, I love that the, word. That's the, one of my the, favorite words. The, the grit, <laughs> the gull to to put your heart out there. And as easy as it seems for me to do it, I know that this is the, the way that we speak in a lot of ways is something because I know a lot of the people that would not in a million years talk about these things. And... That, when you were talking about why you and that loved one do not have those types of conversations, 
That's the first thing that came to my mind. So many people do not have what it takes to have those conversations. And as much as you want to have them with those people, there are certain people that just they will not have them with you. Mm -hmm. They will not open their hearts up because of what life has taught them, how life has embittered them through time. And they're like, no, I'm not opening myself to you. I'm not being that vulnerable to talk about all these things in the depths of my heart, in my mind. I'm not I'm not doing it. It took it took us a long time to get there, too. Like, yeah. and, 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 And part of me appreciates the fact that. We didn't. We started having those conversations when I became an adult, yeah. like in the last like five years. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad. I'm glad it happened that way. Like, cause I wouldn't have. I don't know how how well I would have taken the conversation as a kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. a 15 year old, 16 year old. Yeah. I don't know what's like. I might have just like, oh, it, it, it's cool. Don't worry about it. It's all right. Like, it's cool. You know. <laughs> And then and then grew yeah. up to not feel that way at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I don't know why I told him that. That, yeah. was, that was not true. I'm not cool yeah. with this. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. No, I get that. Um, uh, you want to get into this meaningfulness? We had we had a, an hour twenty, but I guess really since this has been recorded since before that, we're like an hour, hour 10, ten, really yeah. kind of. You wanna you wanna do a grateful call? Or you got something else you want? Um, no, we can. Yeah, we can. We can move on. All right, cool. It's a deep. It's some deep episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our meaningfulness card of the week. What or who are you grateful for? You you go first. You want me to go first? Yeah, go first. Ah. Uh, this is going to be an expansive one simply oh, because I'm oh, simply because I'm answering both. It's what and who. Oh, so you came. I I do a, a lot of my best thinking, but I don't know if I've ever told you this. No, I don't think I have. A lot of my best thinking happens at the gym. Mm-hmm. I go to the gym and I do. I start off with 35 minutes on the Stairmaster before I do any lifting or I usually do 35 minutes on a Stairmaster. I go up, I lift weights for about an hour, and then usually I'll have an hour-long yoga class after that. That 35 minutes on a Stairmaster, though, just gets my mind going, and I just start thinking of a lot of things very clearly. I get a lot of great ideas about this. That's why I got the idea about Shiffy P bringing his music on here. I've gotten mad great ideas by, like, doing cardio. Okay. I was on a Stairmaster the other day. I was thinking about this card. And you popped into my mind. There's been a couple of times where you've called me and maybe you're sitting out on your porch or something like that. <laughs> you're not looking at the phone. Like we on FaceTime. You're not, you called me. You're not looking at me when the shit opened. <laughs> you looking at the sky or the trees or the birds or some shit. And you would just be like... Nigga, like we living. <laughs> like you ever think about that? You ever think about the fact that we are like we're here? <laughs> we're just we here right now. <laughs> we are experiencing life. Like there are a bunch of other little souls or whatever that didn't make it. <laughs> but we are here. <laughs> and and you are right. It's a very interesting thing to think about. And so as I'm on the Stairmaster and your face popped into my mind, 
this this card, I'm like, what or who am I grateful for? I started just getting a montage of of everything that's happened to me in my life. All the people I've met, what they've meant to me, whether it was the first girl to stand me up at the movies or the dude that punched me in my neck and sent me on a run through uh, the neighborhood uh, <laughs> or some, some of my some of my best friends and some of the great parties we've been to or my awesome senior year of high school or the awesome uh, vacations or holidays spent with my family or the dismal parts of my relationship with my friends and family where nobody's talking or me learning how to do new things or me learning who I am and shedding all, getting all the fat off, shedding old skin and becoming anew. All these different things and I just, me making new foods, get, like drawing inspiration and making things from sheer creativity. In, in past experience. And I thought, damn, if I am just not grateful right now for it all. It all. <laughs> for it all right now. <laughs> I just thought about all of it. And I'm like, I'm grateful for every single person that's ever crossed my path. I'm grateful for the love that I felt. I'm grateful for the hate that I felt, the turmoil the tumultuous terrain that I've had to venture through to get to higher heights, the, the just the pain that I felt, what I've had to go through in the gym, like in, in a just physical, strenuous strings of moments that have made me become a better, more intentional, healthier person. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Everything. I just thought of everything and I thought, I'm alive right now. I'm alive and well. This is like, I won the lottery. I won the lottery. I get it. I'm great. I'm just, I'm grateful for it all right now. This is crazy that I'm even experiencing this and that I even have the wherewithal to understand that I'm experiencing this on this level. I have food, clothes, I got warmth, I got AC, I got bed, I got family, I got friends, I have people that love, care for me, I have car, I get... Yeah, I get. Yeah, my. I mean, my car's. Listen, someone asked me the other day. They're like, "Oh, did you call the place and make sure that your car is okay?" I don't give a fuck about that car. I'm in a newer car right now. Oh, they give you a rental? Yeah. Oh, okay. For free. Okay. Oh. And 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 everything that they're fixing my car on because they were recalls. All oh, that's free. I'm not paying for nothing. Y'all keep that car as long as you want so I can put miles on this one. <laughs> I don't need to put miles on that car. That's fine. Like y'all keep, as long as y'all as it takes for y'all to fix that, y'all keep it as, as long as you need. Go ahead and, and fine tune it. Make sure I'm good. I got transportation, job, people and and then uh, and then above that just the wherewithal and the clarity to know what I have to do in order to encourage more of what I'm given. Mm-hmm. I know what I have to do in order to 
birth and nourish more of what is meaningful to me now. So not only did I find it, but then I also have it sort of transcribed this and, and distilled some sort of wisdom and understanding into an, an instruction pamphlet on how to do more of this, mm-hmm. how to get more of it, how to be better in all these respects. So that's why I'm I'm just, I'm elated at the fact that I'm even here, mm-hmm. that I even have the opportunity to be here and do this thing called life. It's it's a fucking insane lottery that we got picked to be here and right. do this thing. It's wild. I feel that on many levels cuz I obviously in recent weeks I've come to see how fragile and unpromised life can be. Um, so I totally get that. Like, That's why I said my my short but robust life, mm-hmm. my very finite but robust life. I have to be here for it. Um, Too much time has been has been discarded already. I get that. Yeah. Um, what or who am I grateful for? I'm going to give a shout out to my kid today uh, because he needs it. Um, and I don't know if he's ever going to listen to this, but, uh, I do want to Damn, say that's kind of a cool thought. What? It's like, he just gets older. <laughs> I've not, I really thought about that, but maybe, you know, 15, 16 or he's 18, just yeah. older. And he comes back and listens to these. He's like, when he's old enough to conceptualize uh-huh. things on a deeper level, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, damn, this is my dad at like age. They're like talking about, <laughs> talking about me, talking about these things. Like that's, it's weird to hear my younger dad talk about these things yeah. this way and hear, <laughs> hear him learn about himself and, and go mm-hmm. through life with, with his friend. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I hope it get, I hope that happens one day. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna give a shout out to him. Six sixty one. I'm going to write this down. I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> if anything, episode 61 later in life, maybe we can get him to listen to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to him because of the way that he has shaped me as a person. Yeah. Uh, because he's had so much influence on me that I haven't even realized over several years. Um, Cause I think we've talked about on here how, you know, I, he was, he was born when I was like 20. Right. So he's been here a while. I'm only 30. He's 11. He's been here a while. Yeah. Um, but I'd be damned if he hasn't taught me so much. Um, he's shaped me as far as responsibility goes. Um, he's shown me. He's not that I've, felt like I don't have a reason to live or be here. Mm. But when I look at him, it Mm. just says like, we got to do the best we fucking can. This is bigger than you. This is much bigger than me. I have to instill these values in him, even values that I didn't have yet Mm. that I felt like he should have. I had to take some of that shit, put it on myself so that I can, show him how to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in so many ways, he's just taught me how to be a better person. I've looked at so many adults out here that jettison Mm -hmm. (laughs) their children. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Out of their lives, they don't care. They don't care about these human beings, Um, even myself. You know what I'm saying? Like that family member that I was talking Mm -hmm. about has wronged me in many ways and like i told you that person has taught me 
how to not be like him. I took that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I took that and I was like, well, I'm going to make sure that my kid never experiences this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I When my kid looks me in the eyes, he's going to know it's real. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. He's going to know that I'm there for him. He's going to know that I've got his back. Mm-hmm. He's going to know that. But without having a kid or without having this kid, I'm not going to say a kid, this kid, <laughs> this kid here, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what type of person I would be right now. Yeah. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would be me. Um, right. Because I like me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I enjoy being me. Um, I enjoy being level-headed. I enjoy being able to express myself. Um, I, I enjoy all these things. I don't know what type of person I would be without him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Shout yeah. out to him. You ever heard some people say they're very pro-natalist that a lot of people won't grow up without having a child. A lot of people. It, it makes you grow. It definitely, you, you hope. Uh, yeah. You like, hope. A, like, yeah, a lot of people have children and don't grow up. But but for a lot of people, there's no chance of them growing up if they don't have children, mm-hmm. which I thought was a very interesting take. So yeah. that's that. Not to say that everybody has to have children to grow up right. and realize that everything's not about them and want to give to their community and the world around them. But a lot of people have to have a child in order to see, to look into the eyes of someone for the first time and say, someone now definitely is more important than I am mm-hmm. in this life. Mm-hmm. So I, I I get that. Yeah. That's interesting. Um the J. Cole album was awesome. Listen, uh I don't did I, I don't haven't you... listened, I've only listened to a few songs. Okay. I haven't listened to the whole thing. Did you listen to Omari? Which is, it sort of sounds like a future bop. Like he has auto-tune on. I listened to like the very first song. Okay. I listened to the song with 21 Savage. Oh, and my I listened life. To, I listened to one other song. I Did it have the little Baby on it? I actually didn't listen to that one. Oh, okay, okay. Good album. Interesting features. 21, little Baby. They were both, they both slid on there. Who's this Baz or Baze? Oh, oh I mean, yeah. It's someone off Dreamville. Okay, because that nigga's on there a few times. Yeah, yeah, so, a, yeah he's on a Dreamville. Okay, yeah, okay. he's good. He's good. I like his stuff. All right, all right. So <clears throat> definitely good songs for me. Not really a fan of number one. He has Cameron on there talking some shit at the beginning, like y'all know what the fuck it is, bro. It's the newest James Cornwell. Y'all know me. Y'all niggas ain't speaking no English. And then and then at the end, there's some tribute. Hip hop heads are gonna kill me for this, but it's some tribute to some song, but it's a whole lot of put your hood up, motherfucker, put your hood up. And I was just like, J. Cole, that's not what I want to hear from you. Like, why is this on the end of your song? And it was just, it was a lot of rapidly rap. I'm at the top of the hierarchy sort of bars. And that's cool. And I do like when he raps just to let you know he's better than you. But that's not really what I go to J. Cole for. Uh, so for me, track six. To twelve is are really my favorites. Mm-hmm. Those those are when he starts to get into more of his like sensibilities and different ways of talking about uh, deeper, more profound things to him. Mm-hmm. So I like that a lot. The only reason I wanted to li- have you listen to interlude, where he's clearly talking about police brutality, mm-hmm. a lot of That's things, what I was a lot of things that happened in twenty twenty. Yeah. <clears throat> there there are photos of Jake Cole out at different events and and. Uh, rallies and things like that protests in the past year 
And then I saw the very first time I heard it, I, I like caught something. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then I listened to it again and I thought, okay, I think he's doing something here that people aren't getting. Then I kept listening to it and I thought, no, Earl, this is your mind putting something on him that he's not doing. <laughs> he just meant to make a for the people, put your fists up, police brutality, we not having it no more song. But you're putting this other little spin on it. There are certain lines in there that I feel like are ambiguous. So he says certain things like, where where are these? Maybe I should should probably pull these lyrics up. I think I might have them close by. Would you, I mean, would you, would you think about the song in general? Like, um, I liked it. Okay. I, I thought they would, you know, there was a lot of great things he said in there. I definitely liked that last bar at the end. Um, we say Jesus went to heaven at 33. So the pimp C, so the nip C. Yeah. I just, I just like the cadence. I was yeah. Like, okay. uh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah like he'd definitely be killing the cadence. <laughs> uh, all right. Off the rip. I be coming in peace, but fuck me. Best beware the others, the shit deep undercovers creep. So. Again, I understand where most people that are listening to this, where their mind is going to go, because he's thinking J. Cole is on our side as a man of the people. He's speaking for us. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is true. I don't think that he's meaning to do what I'm about to say with his lyrics. Mm -hmm. I think that these lyrics can very easily be applied to police officers as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. I be coming in peace, but fuck me. Best beware of the others. This shit deep. Undercovers creep. Okay. You can easily see that on the side of black, brown people in in their neighborhoods. Like, yo, listen, I'm just coming to protest. I'm coming. I don't fuck with what's going on. I'm coming to peacefully protest. But fuck me. Don't worry about me. Worried about some of these other people that are coming with the guns that's coming to fuck some shit up. Mm-hmm. This shit deep. Undercovers creep. So... To me, I'm thinking the same thing. Police officers that are like, yo, listen, I'm just coming here to try to keep peace amongst what's going on. But fuck me. Don't worry about me. Worry about these bitch ass police officers that are out here killing y'all. That's what you need to be worried about. So I thought, hmm, that's very ambiguous. Off the very rip, I thought, wow, that's very interesting. Uh, They go on. Whoa. Thank God we survived around where the terrorists hovered. Though traumatized, wouldn't trade it for nothing. Through hard times, it was there I discovered a hustle and making the best out of the struggle. Whoa, thank God we survived around where the terrorists hovered. Though traumatized, wouldn't trade it for nothing. State Capitol, insurrection, January 6th. The people that fought off these terrorists would be police officers. These would be government officials. These would be police officials. Mm -hmm. So thank God we survived around where the terrorists hovered. Though traumatized, wouldn't trade it for nothing. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. This is, this is our responsibility. We traumatized from that shit. Like some of my, one of my officers, one of my homeboys died in that. I'm traumatized. Another motherfucker ran his car into one of those barricades up in D.C., killed another one of my homies. Mm-hmm. Traumatized off of that. But we survived with a terrorist hovered. Though traumatized, wouldn't trade it for nothing. I could see that easily going 
both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what else? What, what else we got? Then he starts talking some shit for himself about running up numbers and couldn't dare touch it if they sold a double disc. Yeah, he definitely be flexing every now and again, mm-hmm. which which you got to which you got to like. Um. Oh yeah, summertime bring the coldest winter breeze. Hella blues like the rolling 60s. And then that's when he brought up, you know, Pimpsy and Nipsey, which is funny because the rolling 60s is, from what I understand, yeah. Crip. Yeah, yeah. Blue. Mm-hmm. Hella blues. Mm-hmm. Also, hella blues like we're sad. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of blues going on because there are people dying. In my mind, also, since you decided to bring in hella blues like the rolling 60s, a gang. That wears blue, I'm thinking police officers. Yeah. Hella blues, like the rolling 60s, this gang that also wears blue. And then, if none of that did it, I see J. Cole to be a, a pretty conscious person. So, to make a song like this after 2020, after the death of George Floyd, and at the very end, even though this is a saying, in our culture, in our language, our tongue, to say, and I've seen the lowest of the lows, and still I rose, my Angelou. Now I'm at your neck, nigga. Yeah. I find that to be quite insensitive or inconsiderate if you're not doing a sort of double entendre in which you're coming from now a, a, a angry sort of police officer side that's putting his knee on George Floyd's neck. Mm. Now I'm at your neck, nigga. I think that's a very interesting thing to put in this song if you're not doing that. I think that you maybe should have thought about that if you were not doing what it is I'm saying you're doing. I see what you're saying. I see that, what you're saying. Yeah, I, yeah, I just... I wouldn't use... That phrase, I'd use one of the many millions of other things that mean now I'm at your neck. Pedal, uh, foot on the pedal. Or some foot shit. on the pedal. Now I'm get, I'm on your ass. I'm yeah. just something else. But yeah. now I'm at your neck, nigga, is an interesting way to end this sort of song mm. that clearly spurred from the entire movement surrounding George Floyd. Mm-hmm. So I I I saw that I saw genius or rap genius do a breakdown on YouTube said nothing anything remotely close to anything that I've said about of any of this not. stuff so <laughs> I just thought that was interesting could easily be my mind working and just but that's what's awesome about art right. is you get to interpret it interpret. the way that you yep. want to so yep. that's my sort of interpretation of what's going on with these lines I don't think J Cole necessarily meant to do these things to be honest uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think he meant to do that I I don't but that's okay. Yeah, that you know, we everybody sees things, <laughs> and I would have never. I probably, I don't think I would have pieced that together unless you just brought it up just now. Mm-hmm. So, but awesome, awesome album, like it a lot. Probably my favorites are, uh, oh, that's hard. Pride is the devil, and I think it got a hold on me. That's a good one. That's mm-hmm. the one with little baby on. Little baby okay. go in on that. He, I like his verse on that a lot. And then the one right I'm after. Trying the, to put you on, man, little baby. Nah, because he's baby. not going because he's not going to do that type of verse on it, just his album all the time. Like that's he came on a J Cole album in rap. So I'm certain. No, I think that he's when I've heard features and stuff of him. Like I like him. I think he can. Like he can rap. Uh-huh. He can definitely rap. 
But at this point in time, going back to this journal I had about what means most to me and the, the people in it, this intentional thing that I keep talking about, this active participant, this non-passivity that is in my life now that I keep talking about and will continue to talk about. There's nothing I'm doing now that isn't that isn't those things that that isn't the antithesis of just being a zombie in this world. Mm -hmm. When I'm going when I'm thinking about eating foods, I'm making conscious decisions. That mean that don't mean I'm vegan. It means that if I know that I ate this this morning, then I'm going to try to incorporate some of this later on. I'm going to get some 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 red meat here. I'm going to get some leafy greens here. I'm going to get some fruits. I'm going to get some grains. I'm going to get my fluids. I'm going to take my supplements, my calcium, my zinc, my vitamin C, my D3. I'm, I'm thinking about all these things that are entering my body. I'm thinking about the same thing when it's people around me. Who who am I allow? Who am I consuming? Mm-hmm. Like, who am I allowing to be? in in my airspace because that is a bit of what's in my psyche mm-hmm. what is that like what's that what is their content what am i allowing into my temple right music i'm okay with being that dude now i'm i'm i'm, I'm putting it hands up i'm that dude that wants substance in his music period that's me now that's me i can't i can't wrap my mind around just listening to music where people are just talking about nothing. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I re- can't. I respect it. I can't. I respect it. it but it's but it's because I, I'm because I'm listening to the words and, and the cadences and the melodies and then the instrumentation and the, the way that they're using their voice. Like Jay Colby singing, he can't really sing. But yeah. the but the hurt in his voice and the way that he uses it is beautiful. You don't want to hear how much Young Thug charges for a show? I don't. I I, <laughs> I don't care about how much Young Thug charges for a show. Price I charge for a show, you're going to need three promoters. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the other line? You came here and played something and he was talking about... Like I fuck on your sister and fuck on a friend and fuck on your daughter and fuck on your. I'm like, yo, bro, like, <laughs> like, you know what, Yanta, you could very well be living that lifestyle. So that's what you're gonna put in your raps, and that's fine. But that doesn't that doesn't connect to me. Well, we're all living that lifestyle. We're all fucking somebody's daughter. Well, yeah, that's very true. But 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 the but but you in a in a boisterous bravado talking about talking about it. And shoving it into someone's face. That's not the life I'm living. That's not the life you living. You're not. I wish you you going up to you going you going up to your, your father-in-law. Yeah, and you're fucking your dog. What's up? <laughs> yeah, how you like that? Like you you're nah. not you're not living that lifestyle. Nah. Cause that is insane. Exactly. Nah, nah. Yeah. You can't even you can't <laughs> You can't even imagine that. Nah. Exactly. Nah. So to me, I just I just want something that that sort of means something. I want something where it doesn't have to be super high consciousness. I just want it to be when I, I feel like I can feel when the person was in the booth and they're putting their heart into it. Mm. They cared about it. It could be I'm in the hood selling these bricks, going through this, but but this is why I'm doing it. I'm going through this because I ain't never had nothing. 
I, I've never I've never seen anything better than this. I've never seen anyone do it another way. Mm-hmm. I was raised by my just my mom. There was eight of us in the crib. Had to do this. I was listening. This all sounds like Renegade. I was listening to Renegade the other day. Mm-hmm. Back to the walls, Ashy Knuckles. Like the way Jay Z does it. Like you, you can feel. It's like, bro, I'm telling y'all this for a reason. Mm-hmm. This shit hurts to tell you this, really. Mm-hmm. And I can get into that, but I don't want you to just tell me who you fucking on and what you charging for a show. I can't get into that. That's not me anymore. I'm not. I'm not. Talking shit. I'm not putting anyone down that gets into that because I understand it's fun and it's a bop and you can move to it. I get that. This, it, this, this pod take off. Young Thug gonna put the hands on you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if that's what he feels like he has to do <laughs> to feel to feel good or get out whatever he has to do, then I guess oh, then I guess man. Young Thug and I are throwing hands. I guess <laughs> I guess I guess that that's that's what has to happen. Um, but yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. Um, oh yeah, and the other song, "Let Go My Hand," was it was a was another another one. In the in the very in the very first line is, sometimes I question whether this shit matters. Putting substance into something in the world so used to instant gratification. J. Cole and I've listened to him have a Angie Martinez interview where he's just said, I, "Sometimes I, like I know I come out with these albums and I say the stuff that y'all like, but sometimes I don't even." I don't even think that this shit matters. Sometimes I don't even, I don't walk around thinking, oh, I'm J. Cole with the bars, like I'm changing the world. I don't, that doesn't cross my mind. Mm-hmm. Until someone, a fan writes me a letter, I get something that's like, yo, like you really helped me through this thing. He's just walking around like, he's looking around at the landscape and he sees what, how people are consuming content and what it is they like. He's like, man, I'm. I'll go ahead and pour my soul out, but this is for me. Mm-hmm. This is cathartic. That mm-hmm. I do this as therapy. Right. And then if you if you like it, then you like it. That's that's cool. Okay. So I can dig so, it. So yeah, I, that that one definitely spoke I'm to a, me. I'll probably listen to some more of it when I get out of here. Yeah, it's, it's it's good stuff. I like it a lot. Uh, Mayor of East Town, and let's get out of here. Yeah, Mayor of East Town. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! We're about to talk Mayor of East Town from Episode HBO Max. This is five, H- yeah. We got five, two more. Two more. We got Isn't two that crazy? more. Like two more episodes. Oh, man. by the yo, I stated I called a couple things. Mm. I said, in order for Dawn and Katie Bailey to have their reunion, it has to come at a very high price. Mm. I said that. Another thing I said when questioned from the person I'm watching it with, do you think we already know who the person is? Do we think we already know who the kidnapper is? I said, chance we know who it is. If it's someone, because we kept seeing like the build of the dude kind of, we were like, we don't know who that is. Mm -hmm. If it's someone we don't know, we're not going to care about it, but they're better than that. Yeah. So it's still going to have to connect in a very, very strong way, mm-hmm. integral way with people that we do know. Yeah. And there's going to have to still be a whole lot more story after that person is found. Yeah. And I also said, well, this is just kind of a given that we're going to figure out a little bit more of Mare's backstory that lets us know why she's as cold as she is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's start with Mare and how cold she is. So now we know that her son has committed suicide. Yes. But so did her father when she was, what, 13 13. years old. Traumatic. 
Right. Traumatic. So, yeah. And then she starts wondering, like, is is my is my grandson going to kill himself too one day? Like, is is there some gene that in my family that makes makes the men unstable? Like, right. <laughs> also, the, I think it was interesting how on, I think it was the last episode she walked into the therapist's office like, listen, don't get your hopes up if there's not some aha moment, some yeah. eureka. Listen, I'm different. People always do that. Yeah. I'm different. I don't think it's really going to help. And then next episode. Yeah. Yeah. It terrifies me. I don't know yeah. what my grandson's going to grow up to be. Exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. therapy works. It, it works. I feel it. Uh, the next thing being. We can we can go with the with the high price, the high price for the the recover, the recovery of Katie Bailey and this other girl that was. Locked me, up with her. Let me just say that I think in this last episode, they did a really good job of just showing you this vulnerable side of Zabel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As the, you know, he's trying to take Mare on a date, trying to get in nowhere, hits her with a with a kiss real quick. Even after she divulges all this bad information about her, all this turmoil she's going through. And, and, and honestly, at first it annoyed me because I'm just like, Zabel, you, you've been here for like three weeks. Like you're in love with the other detective. Like, what the fuck is this? Get your head in the game, man. Right. We got cases to solve. Right. right. Like, what are you are you kidding me? Yeah. Like yeah. you couldn't even wait till after the case was done. Like it, it annoyed me. It really did. Hey I'm, man, I guess sometimes, you know, when your heart tells you something, it just it tells you something. You can't put your heart on hold. Okay. <laughs> no, you ain't fuck with that. I just, I mean, it just, I just, I didn't like it. Like, especially because she was give, she wasn't giving him none of that back. Yeah, well, that's usually when it happens for people. When yeah. you when you're not getting it back, like she wasn't giving him any any of that shit back. Yeah, and then and then what what killed me the most is like his mom was like, she's only going with you so she can stay with the case closer to the case. And then this nigga's all. This is when you tell me she's wrong. Like, get out of here. Like, he's like, a, bro, come on, man. He's a little simp. Like, he's, what you expect Zabel to be? Come on, man. man. This is, this is when you tell me that, 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 that you, that you don't feel that way about me, Mayor. Please tell me. Tell me you care. That, please tell me you love me. You're here, please. Man. Please, Mayor. Like, she wasn't even giving you none of that vibe. Like, yeah. I don't, like, what is this? Where is this coming from? Like, Willful blindness is coming from confirming your bias, wanting to believe, having hope in something that isn't quite there, but you could only hope. So, with all that, it, it was, it kind of made me feel a little sorry for him. Like, like yeah, yeah. But then they just take this nigga out Bruh. in the manner that they did. Yeah, for sure. Like, like. Damn, like nigga, he ain't even that nigga did not try to shoot for nothing but the skulls. <laughs> right. He was like, listen, yeah, I, I already know I'm going down. I may I have understood this immediately that I'm going down. I need to kill you. Right. Shot him straight in the head, went down. Just oh. and then like, didn't even show a, a little still of him at any point in time for the rest of the yeah. for the rest of the show. Yeah. He, like he went down and that was it. Like yeah. you didn't see nothing yeah. else. Yeah. And then like it was, it was so it was so funny to me that um I think he's I think his name is Mr. Potts, the guy that they called. I think that's what Yeah, 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 yeah. Um this nigga talking about, oh yeah, that's my radiator. <laughs> the, I mean, you gonna try something at first. <laughs> you gonna try something. Like the, the, the pipe is just moving. I was just hoping that 
it did continue in the fashion it did uh-huh. in that they were able to make enough noise uh-huh. in that that whole thing ensued. Uh-huh. Because for any instance, he like held the pipes uh-huh. and then they couldn't make any more noise and then they, they didn't have enough to go off of uh-huh. for any reason and left. And then he went back there and was like, oh, so you so you rattling pipes now. <laughs> you know, I was just so glad. Even though Zabai had to die, I'm just glad that like he had to go. Yeah. Because at that point, if if he doesn't go and they leave, I don't know what's going on behind them doors when Whoa. he walked back there. So I'm glad that it had to go. That, that's what I'm saying. There's always a price that has to come. I was trying to think of ways in which Zabel could have lived. I'm just like... Been quicker? Like, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe he doesn't pull the gun they both just run outside, but it's like, okay, then potentially the two girls get killed in the house, but that's not like, he's not going to have time at that point to get rid of the bodies. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The cops would have stayed alive. Maybe the girls wouldn't have, but he would have still got caught because they was going to run outside and call the police. Yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? I, yeah, I know. But see, but that wouldn't have been justice, though, for yeah. them. Like, nobody wanted to see them die. Yeah. Katie Bailey didn't live a year come this far just for us to see her die. Yeah. You yeah. know, Zabel, yeah, we fuck with him on some level, but we can let him go. Yeah. <laughs> we can let Zabel go. Yeah. You know, I get it. I was just—it like, was rough. It was, damn, it, was, it, was, it was rough. It was like rough. it wasn't even one of them. Um, it wasn't even one of them situations. My girl brought this up. It wasn't even one of them situations and with them long drawn out joints where like he gets shot in the chest and mayor's like holding him. <laughs> yeah, no. Nope. You know what I'm saying? No, they shot him in the head and he was gone. And he was done. Yeah, for gone. anybody that ever watched Game of Thrones, it was one of those deaths. <laughs> like where you just you just like, oh, oh, that character's just gone now. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're just yep, we're taking him out. He's done. He's written and the out. The last thing his mom said to him before he left to go do that was just make sure you be careful. It's always, it's always, it's always oh, like man. that. Um what 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 else did I say that I that I called Dylan? out of the Oh Dylan just acting a fool him and in whatever her name is I'm, it is it is Aaron McMenamin's best friend so, you so upset with her <laughs> See that's a, what I'm saying there's some people that are playing a large role in this I have a few things to say about her because I'm sitting here thinking like what is up with this girl why does she keep holding information yeah. Now I'm starting to think, well, is there something we don't know about Aaron that maybe her friend is trying to hide to mm-hmm. say, you know, to not paint her in a bad light? Mm-hmm. Is there something about Aaron that we don't know that's going on? Yeah. Because, like, if you're her friend, why are you conspiring with her ex to burn her journals? Like, and we don't know what's in those journals. Right. We have yet to figure out what's but, in but those But we journals. know that she snuck one away. We know away. she took a little something out of there. Yeah. Um, And then the thing about Dylan is like, nigga, you would think after getting shot in the back twice, you would be having a little more of a different outlook on life. Bro, that, that's remember when I read that Fyodor Dostoyevsky mm-hmm. excerpt before? Sometimes it's not that way. And I know that that's, that is in a book even though it's by a mastermind of an author, I know someone very close to me 
that know someone that's very, very close to them that went through a traumatic experience, got fired on, got hit by the bullets, almost died. Mm -hmm. The other person that they were with did die from those bullets. Mm -hmm. Continued living life the same way. Right. I'm just like. It's just sometimes it's just it doesn't click for people like that. Bro, you got shot twice in the back because because you're a piece of shit. It wasn't for any other re- like because if if Dylan was a good dad, that wouldn't have happened. Exactly. You got shot in the back twice because you're a piece of shit. Now you're gonna <laughs> continue to just continue to be a piece of shit. Like when are you gonna get it? But but for real, um, his girlfriend or whatever. I, uh, yeah. Her bringing up the fact that she didn't see him like the next morning. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he's like, I think you should leave now. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Right. Yeah. Okay. Again, I don't know what would have to happen okay. for him to have any sort of redeemable quality yeah. of him. But but I would I would want there to be something. And it's not just the fact that he didn't smother that baby. I, I want them. I just <laughs> I just want there to be some part of this guy that's like. Okay, this is why he was- you fucked up, and I still uh-huh. condemn you for all the decisions you made. But I see where it came from. Uh-huh. I see what you tried to do there, but you just took the worst route whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I, they, yeah they got to give me something redeeming about this guy. Yeah, we can't just completely hate it. I mean, I guess we can. And we'll then, see. and then on top of that, when they were burning the journals, they were like, "We said we weren't going to read them." Like. Yeah. Is this so, are you so, getting instructions so from someone else? So it's either like, is this about plausible deniability so that you you know you can very clearly maybe pass a lie detector say I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything about yeah. what was in I don't know nothing yeah. about what she was thinking or is it because of the willful blindness in that sort of uh, take on plausible deniability. You don't want that burden. Mm -hmm. You don't want to read what's going in there because whatever is inside of those journals would tear you apart inside because there's, there's something moral inside of you that knows that whatever your part in this is, was bad. Yeah. It was a bad one. Yeah. And maybe that is that comes to light a bit more in the journals. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm ready. I, I don't know, but I'm ready. I'm ready. Two episodes left. Yeah. Is there anything um, else important that happened? Yeah. The the guy, the cousin, the one that... Oh! The one that... <laughs> Yo. <laughs> hey, man. And, hey. and don't get... And, and, and what's crazy is... He's been looking hella suspicious the whole series. Yeah, for sure. The entire series, he's been looking hella suspicious. Yeah. Now it just comes out of nowhere that Aaron was living with you for th- like several months. Months, even though he was just like, oh, it had to be two weeks. Yeah, past. yeah, and it he, was like two weeks. And Lori was like, no, I thought no, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was much longer than that was. Exactly. Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, I got somewhere to yeah, be. I got to get even, out of didn't here. Even take, didn't even take a second sip of his rolling rock. Nope. Said <laughs> that joint right now. Oh, yeah, you know, I told somebody yeah. I'd, I'd be somewhere. Mare was looking at that bottle like it was fresh meat. Mm-hmm. She was she, like, "Yeah, like no one else sees this, but yeah. I'm a detective. Yeah. I, I do this. Yeah, uh, like okay, I'll I'll be like, questioning you later. Like we've been talking about Aaron and her whereabouts and her life and what led to this for several episodes now, but you have yet to disclose that she lived with you. Like you said, mad people that just want to keep things. The the uh, <laughs> the the priest that just got beat up a little bit, he got roughed up in, in the. Yeah. In the <laughs> Now I, I can understand why he kept that information. To <laughs> yeah, himself. for sure. 
He's like, I had her bike in my trunk because I gave her a ride somewhere because uh-huh. she asked me for it. And I'm, I'm, I, I do things. I do. What would Jesus do? Right. Jesus would have gave her a ride. So I gave her a ride. <laughs> I put her bike in the back and she went off, did her thing. And I also have some accusations mm-hmm. from the past. Mm-hmm. What you, I, I was terrified. Yeah. I get it. I get that. I get it. I get, I get that. It. Um, what else? What else? The other dude, the now not the cousin, Lori's husband Lori's is husband. cheating on her. That nigga, he don't make him like he just be getting more suspicious every episode. Yeah, like it's and the thing is, it's like he's a bitch ass nigga for <laughs> trying to convince his son to keep that secret. Oh, That's some bitch. Using- you gonna, you gonna have your son look in your in in your wife's his mother's face every day just keeping some shit from her like that that's, that's fucked up that's yeah that's man you have no idea what that does that's you have fucked no up. idea the the divide that that causes in the household early that's fucked up that's real crazy but even still i feel like there's still still something else going on with that family yeah 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 for there's sure there's a little something i feel like there's still something that hasn't been uncovered yet bro we got two episodes yeah two episodes yeah, I don't um, know. which is which is two hours if the last one isn't like some some double disc feature or and another thing, the old lady that died in the beginning. In, yeah, uh, yeah. I can't help but think there's something else to that too. Right. Yeah, her just crashed because it's like they said into she a had light a pole. heart attack. Yeah, but there was like mad blood on the airbag. Mm-hmm. Like, where did that come from? I mean, did she, I mean, she I know- crashed, but. But on the airbag, yeah, she yeah. bash your head into the on airbag the head, on, the, on the on the on the airbag because it would have been an airbag. If the airbag deploys, then you would be hitting your head right. amongst that, right? Not anything else. Yeah, like they they do a good job of not giving you. They don't give you everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also do a good job of making someone else look guilty as shit every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every sure. episode, you start to wonder like. Hmm. Yeah, what you over there What's looking like that for? That? Yeah, What's why, going on with him? Yeah, why you stand? Why don't you want to be a part of the conversation? Yeah, why are you standing over there? Why Why are you in a rush to leave after we talk about Aaron living with you? Yeah, exactly. Huh? Yeah. What's going on? Right. They do. A, they you, do a really. Good you just. Job. Oh, you just opened up. You just asked if everybody wanted beers. You went got up, got the beers, mm-hmm. opened up the beers, but then now you just realize. Oh, I got. I told him I'd be somewhere. Uh-huh. Now you realize you got somewhere to be. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk later. So great show, great show. I'm, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm I'm kind of sad. There's only two more. They should have made this like ten episodes. Ten. Like, oh, man. Yeah. Sometimes people drag stuff out a little too long. And it's just like they have a lot to wrap up in two episodes here. They do. So you know the next two jumps gonna be jam packed. And sometimes on that last episode for series, they'll make it like hour and a half or something. So yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. But that's Mayor of Easttown. Mayor of Easttown. All right. What What are your last words for the for the people? Let's go ahead and get. Do you have a card? Oh, look at you. You read. I do indeed. Let me pull the meaningfulness card for next week. This is a special one. This one says, "My word is blank because blank." Okay. So it's time for us to come. My word. My word. However it is you want to interpret that. My word is blank because blank. Okay. We have a week to think on that. Okay. Um, my last words are 
as human beings, we go through life and we get older and we find ourselves in situations um, that are really uncomfortable. We find ourselves in situations that put a lot of pressure, a lot of weight on our shoulders. That's not going to stop. You're going to have weight on your shoulders all throughout your life. However, if there's at some point in your life that you feel like you've grown or gotten to a point where you can relieve some of that, I would do it. Do it. You feel better. My last words for the people. Friendships, real, true friendships are rare. They are something to be cherished. There's something to be fought for. In order to do that, it's not just enough to be around, hang out, shoot the shit, drink some beers, smoke some weed, talk about whatever's going on at the moment, share whatever is on your Twitter feed, whatever memes you've just seen recently. (laughs) It's very much worth asking them what their journey is at the moment, who they are becoming, how they feel about things. Because if for any reason you all grow apart or they grow out of the relationship. It could just be very natural, organic growing apart. And maybe that's just what it has to be. It could be that you did not do your part in staying up to date with who they were. And so you continue to treat them as if they were this person that is outdated that has not been them in a long time, but you would have never known because you did not take the steps to find out who that current version is or was. My last words. Peace. Peace.